Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goodbye, University. So, um, yeah, I got to say, I got my hands on a book that is a lot more what I've been, um, what I've been looking for for a while. I, you know, so many manifestors get hung up on attachment, whether it's attached to a particular person that they want to be their love interest or attached to a particular job that they want to get hired for or attached to a particular way of making money. There are so many ways that we kink up our vibration by dialing in and getting needy, clingy with a particular how. And so any resource that helps people let go or to release that attachment is, I think, really powerful. And I've been in the market for a good book or any sort of resource. It doesn't have to be a book on letting go. And, you know, some of the more common processes are like, you know, the Sedona Method, uh, that's one, um, EFT, maybe some people use EFT for letting go. I've been looking for a good book, and I've read a variety of them, and while I've found a lot of value in many of them, I was shopping at Golden Braid with Melanie and Cassie. We we met for lunch not too long ago, and and I ran across a book by John Parkin. I'm familiar with his name. I'm actually even familiar with his work, but I didn't know he had a book out, and it's called Fuck It, The Ultimate Spiritual Way. Some of you may have seen his video on YouTube because um, it gets passed around a lot. It's just a sh- super short clip that's actually kind of funny. But uh, And that's where I first learned about this guy's work. And for as much as I don't really appreciate uh, swear words in books, even though I swear like a sailor myself, i got to say this book is really hitting the spot. So I thought I'd share a couple of thoughts from it, and then I'm checking cool. with you guys to see what you guys have been up to. Cool. That sounds great. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, Let's see what I have. (laughs) You know what I was thinking? From now on, when I review a book, here's all I have to do. Take a picture of of the book sideways, and it'll show how many pages are dog-eared, and that'll show how much I liked it. (laughs) And this book does have a lot of pages dog-eared, even though he's really – the concept is pretty simple, just like you would expect from a book with this title. But um, he says that, here's his argument for why saying fuck it is a spiritual act. He says when we say, I have a hard time repeating that over and over, but he says when we say fuck it to things that are really getting to us, the things that are mattering too much, and I loved that description, because it's when something matters too much that we get attached. So that's really what we're looking to do, is we're looking to find ways to make it matter less. In fact, um, I'm writing a, um, well, I've written a um, manifesting money book ebook and that's one of the things that I shared it's like you, what we got to do is find a way for this not to be such a big deal to matter less you know what I when you said Jeanette um, what the topic was going to be and I've heard of this before I think there may have even been calls with you before over the last couple of years around this um, but the first thing I thought of was you know it's just oh he's talking about just taking the charge away just if there's mm-hmm. something that you know mm-hmm. you have a lot of charge mm-hmm. on 
anything. Oop, better get back to just kind of neutral energy on this. So that That's your exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, because then, then we're a better match to it, right? Because if we have a right. strong charge on it, I love that languaging, Julie, because I think a lot of people, even though that might be hard to define, we have a sense of that. We know what it means when, when something's up for us, you know, when it's, when it, when it's yeah. sticky. So w- if we can get to an easier place, a looser place, we're a better match because when we're tied up and kinked up with it, that vibration does not allow the results that we want to unfold. So yeah, reducing the charge or eliminating it altogether is um, a really a really powerful thing. So he says, when we say fuck it to the things that are really getting to us, we carry out a spiritual act. It's the perfect Western expression of the Eastern spiritual ideas of letting go, giving up, and relaxing our hold on things. And he puts in parentheses attachments. And um, he the the entire book is really devoted to how that works on different topics. Oh, but he has a couple of things. So here's, in the chapter called Essential Fuck It Techniques, he's got a paragraph here that says, try it today. Accept the things that don't go according to plan, the people that don't treat you quite how you'd like to be treated, the bad news as well as the good. Start to enjoy feeling good inside yourself, and remember that you don't need to moan and criticize anymore. And if you do feel like crap inside, like we all do sometimes, try to accept that feeling too without looking for things outside yourself to blame it on. He, so that I mean, he's he's inviting us to apply this process to both things internal and external. And oh, but there's one part where he talks about. Um, oh, he says this so well. I hope I can find. Oh, I, this is cool. This part about the sigh. He said the quickest way to relax is to really slow down the out breath, really drag it out, and start to feel your body relaxing. You can exaggerate the effect of this even more if you add a sigh to the out breath. He says, the sigh is an amazing tool in itself. You sigh when you're at the end of doing something difficult and strenuous. When you've finished work and poured yourself a whiskey and you sit down on the sofa to watch an episode of your favorite soap, that's when you sigh. Sighing says to your body, that's it. You can relax and let go now. He says, sighing is your way of saying, fuck it. No matter what's been going on today, now's my chance to sit back and relax. I like that. So he said, if you want to trick your body into thinking that all the work's been done and it can just sit back and relax, then sigh. <laughs> I haven't actually practiced that, but I love the idea. Uh, he's kind of funny. Um, okay. So, oh, here's a cool breathing technique. Uh, he says, just say fuck it, then sigh and breathe out. Where he says, you'll give yourself the fuck it energy, uh, the fuck it in-breath to really go for it in life. Oh, yeah, this is the distinction I was looking for. So, Because um, there's two ways to say fuck it. I'm going to have to just post this recording at, with a freaking language disclaimer or warning. You know, I wanted to say warning. If you are offended. Sensitive, I know. Which I am. Advise. Um, someone shared, oh, Namaste Fastino online shared an article called Fuck Self Love. And you know what? I I already didn't like the article just because of this title. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, um, it matters. You know what? Our words are so important. You know, that's actually why he says this is so powerful because it the because the word is so strong, it gets our attention in a way that right. other words... Like, yeah, because he, he says there are a lot of ways of saying this, and he shared some of them that we hear in self-help circles all the time. But he said, because this one has a charge on it, I don't know if that's exactly how he said it, but it gets our attention in a way that the others right. don't. Right. Anyway, so here he's saying... Um, uh, 
ooh, the two breaths could not be more different. And each breath offers you the two sides of living, of living the fuck it life. So he says, start practicing breathing like this. Enjoy the active sucking in of energy that is the fuck it in breath. Then enjoy the absolutely passive letting go that is the fuck it out breath. And you'll start to enjoy how this Im- impacts your life too. He said, so you'll give yourself the, the fuck it energy on the in breath to really go for it in life. You know, like when you say, like Richard Branson comes to mind when he says, screw it, let's do it. That's what. That's how you can use the fuck it energy. But then the other way is when you're letting go of something. He says, you'll give yourself the fuck it ability of the out breath to really not give a fuck about things that used to bother you and get you down. And you do it. So, I don't know. I've, I like that distinction because sometimes when we when we adopt this energy, it's just to release fears and go for it. And other times it's just um, to like release worries and just let it be okay or release attachment and let it be okay. I'm not saying that very well. But if, if you've ever seen that, I posted it years ago. That um, And I think it was coined by Robin Williams. It was a pill called Fuck It All. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's F-U-K-I-T-O-L. Job got you down, fuck it all. You know, <laughs> wife left you, fuck it all. Boss, you know, demeaned, you know, I mean, it's just hysterical. I mean, I, I mean, I think I posted it like years ago, but that's what comes to mind too. That is funny. That is, that is so see, funny. And you know what? It's Anything perfect. that feels like it's got humor in it, we're already on oh, a better well, path, that, right? Well, and that when we works were... for me every time. But yeah. you know what? I was sitting here thinking, so it's like with the in-breath or something, fuck it all. I was thinking, oh, fuck it. You know, I live in an easy world, so... I'm kind of combine those two. <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> you know. Julia, uh, Rogers Hamrick would feel about that. That's funny. Oh, so funny. Um, okay, right. so let me. I'm not sure what you would what think about that, but. Um, he says, "Okay, e- he, fuck it." Is about accepting things just as they are. He says, even at the moment of choice, the moment when you're feeling down and you're going through the battle of whether to break your diet and the promises to yourself. Just take the pressure off yourself. Say, fuck it, and either eat it and accept that or don't right. eat it and just get on with life, but don't make it such a big thing. You know what? I must be in the chapter. He starts talking about how to how to say fuck it to specific things. So he says how to say fuck it to food. Um, he says say fuck it in your relationships. And that was a fun section. And he says say fuck it to illness and disease. Um Oh, this was an interesting part where he said, say, fuck it and surrender completely to your pain. It was very relevant to me right now. Um, hmm. Yeah, I've got so many things marked. What shall I share? Ooh, say, fuck it to money. Let's do that. Well, we all know how to No, I don't want to say that to money personally. <laughs> I don't want to. Not personally. I really appreciate you, money. Thank you for always coming through my door and coming out of my pockets and out of my washing machine and, yeah, everywhere. Hey, I found that, and I think I posted it on your. Oh, I posted on your. I posted something on your Facebook, but I think it went onto like the little instant messenger. Oh, uh, on the GVU page. On the no, on Jeanette Ma. Oh, I just oh okay. Because it was something I posted like four years ago. It looks like three or four years ago, three and a half years ago. But I found it and posted it on your. I think your mobile line on Facebook. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'll look for it. Um, okay. Good. Okay, so in this section on money, he said. Oh, no, I might still be in the pain part. I like this where you said, because I knew a long time ago something a lot of people don't realize. Problems have trouble existing in the face of total relaxation. Mm, Ooh, what, say that again? Yeah. Like, 
Problems the, have problems have trouble existing in the face of total relaxation. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Wow, yeah. Uh, he says, I knew this. I practiced the methods to a high level, and yet very little changed. Why? Because I still had aims, attachments, and meanings, and all these are basically tension. The bummer is this. If you want health and you use even the best relaxation method to try to get it, your very wanting of that health is a tension that the method is unlikely to be able to break down. So the most advanced relaxation method you'll ever find is not caring and not wanting, saying, fuck it. <laughs> Uh, it sounds a little Buddhist when he puts it that way, but but he really isn't against yeah. desires, I don't think. But um, but what was interesting? Okay, so he covers a lot of things. There's oh, we're going to say fuck it to fame. We're going to say it to the weather. We're going to say it about being a peaceful person. Uh, ooh, he, I, I like wonder this if this is for somebody who just really isn't in peace, and he's just giving them a way to say it's okay, you know, to get to I, peace. You know, I, I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Here he says, every emotion I feel is absolutely okay, just as it is. If I feel love and peace, that is just the same as when I feel fear and anxiety. Flavia, he reminded me of Byron Katie when he said that, because that feels like complete non-judgment of emotions. A little bit like that dream I got from Kim Falconer about how it's all good. He said, this is what acceptance and non-judgment really mean. You can't say, okay, I won't get so down about my anger, but of course it's better to be peaceful. No, they are both the same. That is non-judgment. So it, it, that's in the section on I, when it, where he says, I said fuck it to trying to be anything other than who I am. Um, oh, fuck it to parenting. <laughs> that was that. Uh, no, no, no. But that's just me, right? That's just my no, discernment. No, like, he, no, no, he no. Needs it. To a, especially to you, Julie, because anyone who would resist it, he'd be like, you need it more than anybody. Because if you're making it important, if you're making it mean something, you yeah. of all people need to would benefit from letting it go. He wouldn't say need because he, he could give a fuck less. But, uh, but, but, <laughs> no, I know, right? He could give a rip. And, but, I mean, but to me, I mean, even though my child's grown now, but I mean, no, parenting is a very, I would not, well, I would contend that with him and we could have a discussion about it. I would just say no. I would like to understand more what you mean about fuck it to parenting because yeah. I would never say that. Raising a child is one of the most important things on this planet. Well, you and raising taking life it, workers, you know, so. making but it I a mean, big deal is what you know what now I have up, seen. Yes, I have seen some moms who really are obsessed. I mean, you have to have a good balance, you know, when you're a parent because yeah, I mean I found balance. myself, you know, all at my daughter's rear end and nosy and stuff like that. I had to learn to go. Okay, screw it. You know what? She's gonna go. So, from that standpoint, yeah. Are you reading chapters, Jeanette? Well, he's kind of got all these things in one long chapter. Like, he doesn't have it turned to a separate page to start a new one. But this whole section is on saying fuck it to different things. But I want to find that part around how your kids turn out. Oh, wow. So, he's like, um, it's it actually, Julie, it actually made really good sense. If you read it, you would totally get it. Okay. Okay, cool. But he's talking about... Um, says it's much easier to go with their rhythm than to try and impose yours. When you get out of the way of children, they pass through things very quickly. He gives examples. A child left alone will soon stop shouting and be quiet again. A child left alone will soon soon stop crying and be happy again. (laughs) That is so true. A child left alone will soon stop racing around the restaurant and come and eat again. And he says, and he says, and when I say alone here, I do, of course, mean left without 
you trying to control them rather than literally alone. He's not like Correct. suggesting you abandon your children. But he says right. have a go at doing less rather than more. If you're if you're about to stop your child from doing something or to tell them off, just hold yourself back and ask yourself whether it's worth waiting this time and seeing what happens if you don't. He says if you take this course of less effort and intervention, you will invariably get some shit from other people. You'll get looks in restaurants and in shops, and it's up to you where you decide that it's just their shit and where they have a point, i.e. it must be damn disturbing here in the... Uh, he's, he's not from the U.S., so I don't know his stores or restaurants. The Savoy to have children leaping from table to table dressed as Spider-Man. But he says, and he, he oh, I like this, and if you're thinking, yeah, sure, sounds great in theory, but I'm sure it's a nightmare in practice, listen to this. In the end, as parents, we don't know, we only sense. And all along, our sense as parents has been to let our children be. One summer when our boys were still at nursery... We, we attended a kite flying party. As we sat with their teacher, she asked, what is it you do with um, Arco and Leon, I guess, are the, are the kids' names. And he says, what do you mean? She asked, what's the secret? <laughs> and he said, go on. She said, well, they're the best-behaved children in the school. We never have any problems. They even remind us when it's time to do things. He says, now, this was a surprise to us. We have no attachment to them being well or badly behaved. Then, as now, we generally tried not to judge how they were in any way at all. And yet, here they were being praised for their good behavior. So don't be scared of your kids. Accept every part of them and let them be free. You can control kids as much as you control life. In other words, you can't. <laughs> can't, yeah. No, that's good. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, and there were times when my daughter was just so whiny, I would turn around and I was just like, okay, just so you know, I'm not going to respond to you when you talk like that. And then I would repeat back to her, which, yeah, you sound, you know, and then I would just turn around. And in my head, I probably did go, screw it, you know, there, and she'd eventually be better so that's good Ooh, listen to this section on saying fuck it to plans and goals it that was actually a really good one it's kind of long though i don't think i'll read it on the call um what do you oh. mean Janet? read some of that i'm sure that's the, the thing people get most tripped up on is i have a goal right? it's very important yeah right. blah, blah, blah. so read some parts of that so that sounds helpful yeah he spends a, a long time making the argument for plans and goals and then and then he turns it around. So uh, plans and goals. He says, a goal is the more anal twin brother of the plan. The plan dreams about what he wants to do. The goal then gets really focused and sets some deadlines for achieving these things. They're a very popular team and lots of people like them and use their services. Then, th and then the next paragraph is titled, plans and goals are great. I've always been one for making plans and setting goals for myself. I've always been one for making lists of things I need to do and setting goals for different things in my life. When you decide you want something, whatever it is, it's good to work out a plan for getting it and to set up some deadlines for getting it done. It works well. The problem for a lot of people is that they don't really know what they want. They have vague desires, like to do something creative or earn more money or be free, but they can't really pin down precisely what it is they want. So they drift from one thing to another, enjoying some moments and hating others, but never really finding fulfillment or success, whatever that means to them. And he says, um, he gives an analogy of what that's like. He, he said, that's it. It, it sounds ridiculous, but that's exactly how a lot of people live their lives. And what happens in their lives is that, um, oh, yeah, he says, when you're not clear about what you want, you're not going to get good results. That's why it's hard to lead a successful life, whatever that means to you, when you don't know what you want. A very vague message is sent out to the world, and you get only vague or inappropriate stuff back. Sounds very LOA friendly. It's a different story, of course. If you go up to the information desk, that was the analogy he gave earlier, Get out your list and say, um, specifically, this is what I want, X, Y, and Z. Then you'll get it. He said, and this is how the world works. When you're very focused on what you need, the world tends to help you get it. Oh, this is funny. That's Doesn't it good. say in the Bible, ask and you receive? 
So assuming that ye means you rather than some Scottish dude down the road, you're in for a good time if you start making plans and goals. Here he is still making the case for plans and goals. Um, oh, then, he, then it, we start to turn here. Of course, the Bible also says, and the goat shall liveth with the man, and the man shall be happy. <laughs> and who needs goats to be happy nowadays anyway? And I actually marked, I was like, does the Bible really say that? Because <laughs> it makes total sense to me. If you have a goat, you'll be happy. But they maybe meant it different. Okay, anyway, in this day and age, we can all be happy with our blow-up goats. They're far cleaner, and as long as they don't graze near thorn bushes, you're in for a trouble-free relationship. So don't take everything the Bible says seriously, and that goes for what I say too. Pick and choose. That's the way to wisdom. To lead a successful life, then, it's a good idea to work out what you really want, then get together some plans, then set some goals. There are plenty of books on these things, so maybe your first plan could be to buy one of those books, and your first goal could be to buy it by Saturday and read it by the next Saturday. But first, read this next bit. So here he makes this great case for it. And then he says, plans and goals are rubbish. For exactly the reason that plans and goals are good for your life, they're a bummer, too. When you make a plan and set a goal, your life tends to move towards this point. You become very focused on what you're trying to achieve, and life does too. What happens in this global attempt to reach your goal is that you block out all the other possibilities. Imagine looking at a photograph on your computer of a crowded Trafalgar Square. It's a sunny day, and everyone looks as if they're enjoying themselves, but you instantly start to home in on one detail. You use the magnifying facility to begin to focus on just one person, a man who is looking into one of the fountains. He seems lost and unaware of everything that's going on around him, and you continue to magnify down to his right hand, where you find a tattoo of a peculiar symbol. You stare at that symbol and wonder what it must mean. You print this magnified picture and stick it on your wall to ponder on. And this is what we do when we focus on something. No matter how fascinating the thing we focus on, we necessarily exclude all the rest of the stuff. You don't pause to look at what other people were doing on that day. You didn't notice the reflection of light on the water of the fountain. You didn't spot the levitating dog show, a world premiere. And you didn't spot your wife in a passionate embrace with your best friend. Every moment has infinite potential. Every new moment for you contains possibilities that you can't possibly imagine. Every day is a blank page that you could fill with the most beautiful drawings. The problem with the plan is that you fill up the blank page of a new day with a to-do list before you get there. And if you're not careful, there's no room for anything else. So he says, a plan, especially a very focused one, narrows down the possibilities of the future to just a couple of things, that things either go to plan or they don't, and you're disappointed. This is, of course, why many of us make plans. We are scared of infinite possibility and prefer to live with what we know and what we feel safe with. But you can say fuck it to this fear of possibility and unpredictability, and he refers us to the say fuck it to fear on pages 140 through 144. He says, if you can say fuck it to the fear of possibility and unpredictability, your life can really open up. The way we live our lives is that we drag into each new moment the shit from the past and our limited expectations of the future. We drag into the present all our fears, our judgments, our hang-ups, our limits of ourselves and others and previously made plans. But without any of those things, the moment is just open and ripe. We are free within a free and abundant world that responds to our freedom with unexpected gifts and blessings. And yes, of course, this section has just contradicted the last. First, I'm wanting you to make plans. I'm even encouraging you to buy the book. And then I'm telling you to abandon plans for a free life. Oh, and then he says, trust me, I'm driving and I know where we're going. So don't scream when I suggest. Let's try taking our hands off the steering wheel. Then he tells a story about how he was a little kid. Oh, I think he said he was like, how old is he, four? Oh, I am in four and I am in heaven. I am sitting in a small <laughs> 1930s style car on a track ready to go. The, the short version of this is, you know, like 
at the amusement park, how the, there's the kitty cars that are on the tracks that take them around automatically, but they've got the steering wheel and the kids think they're driving, you know. Well, he gets in this and he thinks he's really finally going to drive. And he, and he turns the corner and it goes perfectly. And then he turns the next corner and it's perfect. In fact, it's a little too perfect. Here he is, a four-year-old, and he's like, he's a little suspicious now. So... He, try, he For the next corner, he turns the wrong way, but the car goes the right way. And he was crushed. He was totally, totally crushed because it, he realized he wasn't in charge. But he uses this story to say, look, most of us have been in that car for 30 or 40 or however, however old you are years. We've been driving round and round the track, diligently turning at every corner, thinking we're in control. We haven't yet tried taking our hands off the wheel. And we're now so tired that we're dropping off on the straights and shaking ourselves to wake up for the corners. We keep going because we think we have to to keep the to stop the car from crashing. But now it's time to have a go at taking your hands off the wheel. And you'll soon find, like I did as a child, that the car drives itself. Um, he says, only for you, given you're so knackered, you won't be disappointed at all. You'll be over the moon. It's time to take your hands off the wheel of life, and you will indeed discover that it runs along quite happily without you doing a thing. It's time to rest, put up your feet, and sit back and enjoy the ride for a change. And then I underlined this part. It is truly a remarkable thing, this, and you'll only really get it when you do it. But the moment you stop trying to control and make things happen, everything just happens quite perfectly without you. I love that. He says, he says I, I took my hands off the wheel a while back. And, oh, my God, this is so cool. Um, so he, uh, this paragraph before, so making plans and goals is something you do or do, you don't do. You actually have no choice in the matter. You might end up getting the book on goal setting and read it by next Saturday, or you might not. You have no choice. Simply one of those two things will happen. And what it's worth simply watching what happens with your life when you take your hands off the wheel. I took my hands off the wheel a while back. And the book that I'd been trying to write for a couple of years, the book that I'd set up plans and goals for, well, it just started to write itself. That's the book I'm reading right now. He says, oh, this, look, it's making me emotional. I write these words because I can't do anything else. <laughs> no matter how hard I try, I can't do anything else. In fact, it's just a turn of phrase. In fact, that's just a turn of phrase because I'm not trying hard to do anything or anything else. I am just living, and things are just happening very naturally, including writing this very book. I'm enjoying writing it, for now at least, and I hope you're enjoying reading it. <laughs> sometimes I make plans and goals, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I fulfill them, sometimes I don't. If I don't, sometimes I get upset, sometimes I don't. This is the flow of life, and no matter what I do, It'll flow just the same. Take my word for it. Kind of cool. And then he says, this bit is like the bit in the Bible that says, ask and you shall receive, rather than shag goats and be happy. So if, if there are oh. goats around you, and you end up shagging. So he, so he concludes, say, so say fuck it to goals and plans. If you're into them, you'll still have them. And if you're not into them, you may start making them. But recognize that things are just as they are, no matter what you try to do with them. Take your hands off the wheel and see what happens. And just to make life even more interesting, press down on the accelerator at the same time. Okay, he's pretty cavalier there, but the next section is um, say fuck it to wanting the world to be a better place. But in there, he's he's like, yeah, say fuck it and then go do something for the planet. <laughs> like he's he's a uh, he's yeah he's a recycler. It makes sense that he would say that because most people say, oh, but I'm only one person. What can I do? Oh, there's, there's so yes. much to do. And so yes. it, it paralyzes and, 
Exactly. So this way, if you say fuck it and still go do it, there's a way to release it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, exactly, Flavia. Sounds like you could have written this. Yeah. So, and that's actually as far as I've gotten. There's more. He has some more things. Um. uh, Oh, he's just say we're gonna say fuck it to our jobs. We're gonna say fuck it to your country. We're gonna say fuck it to searching. We're gonna oh say fuck it and live and let live. Um. But the, then the last, the chapter four, I believe, is the last chapter. And, oh, no, it's the second to last chapter. It, it, this is the effect of saying fuck it. And he says life responds when you say fuck it to it. And then the next chapter is the fuck it form. I don't know what this is. So I'm looking forward to finding out because, you know what, I'm really enjoying this. I, You know, I've reviewed a lot of letting go books lately and um, this one, this one I like. The, now, not everyone can read it because seriously, the four-letter thing is going to shut down a lot of people. But I think it's the power of that that actually makes it so powerful. So I'm a thumbs up on this one so far. Again, I'm not done, but um, I'm liking it. I, I will also give a quick preview on another one I've been reading, which is Creating Reality by, I think his name is Serge Khalil King. I could have that wrong. Really, really liking that. I'm only a couple chapters in, but wow, I think it's going to be a big thumbs up. I'll have more on that one on our next book club meeting. But I'd love to hear what you guys have been up to, what you've been watching or listening to or reading, if you've got anything to share with us. I'm just going to share something funny. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. But, but uh, this this whole fuck it, there's a whole book about it. It just makes me smile and laugh. And, and it, it sounds cooler than you initially think. Fuck, a fuck it book. Okay. Um, and uh, I watched a show called uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And it's, it's funny. And at one point, um, so the, the premise of the movie is that uh, well, the show is uh, Kimmy was in an underground bunker for 15 years, and she was in there since she was 15, and now she's 30, and so she's missed out on a lot of things that have changed, and she's kind of naive and, and innocent. So um, anyway, at one point, there's this other funny character who um, <laughs> is very into herself and tells her stuff like, what do you mean you've never looked in the mirror? How do you know your self-worth? You know, very funny stuff. But um, uh, uh, she's doing all these. You remember when we talked about power poses? So that yeah. comes up in in there, power poses, and how you know if you keep this power pose, you can do all this stuff. And 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 then Kimmy shares that when she was in the bunker and she wasn't feeling well, she would close her eyes and she would say, "I'm not really here. I'm not really here." So this <laughs> other character joins her and says, "I'm not really here. I'm not really here." And she was just reading a self help book. Uh, this other character and said, "Kimmy, you've got enough for a book there, you know." And it just made me laugh. Here is somebody making a fucking book. You've got enough for a book there. Of course you do. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I love Flavia that when I ask what what's been inspiring you guys that you tell a funny story like that. I love that. <laughs> Well, so it's kind of like a fun book. Like I said, like on the surface, it seems like really, what did he share? But everything that you shared sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and this guy is written from a perspective of having lived it. Like he, at one point, I wonder so how many times he says it a day. <laughs> right. Really? <laughs> uh, well, you know, they do retreats with. Um, they have people. Well, I think 
I don't know if they still do that. They got so popular, I think they sold it. But but he once upon a time he like used to travel the country with in a camper with his wife. But then they would have to go back to London every every like for a couple months to go make more money to go be able to travel for the rest of the year. And it was on one of those trips back to London, and they had just come from beautiful country, beautiful weather, completely free to do whatever they want to come back to London. To he he described it as dreary gray drizzle and to have to go do jobs that neither one of them wanted to do and um, he said it it wasn't long before he found himself like he left his camper in an intersection he curled up in the gutter it was raining he curled up and because he was just done like with a capital d done that's a guy who um that's a guy who's experienced stress at the level where when he talks about um saying and i think he said you know, they decided this isn't going to work. Like they just said, fuck it to making money or something like that. I can't remember where that story comes in the book. But the fact that we often we we often hear stories, Abraham makes fun of how much we revere people who struggle that much. But the fact that he is a guy who didn't live his entire life this way, he's done it both ways. I For some reason, I appreciate that about him, that he shared – you know, back what life was like before he lived this way and what it looks like once he does and how much better it got for him. So, I, yeah, I like him. I, I like the idea. I, I'm not a big, I don't swear a lot. So this mm-hmm. is really funny for me to be on this call and to play with this. <laughs> it's really funny because I used to, and I know it sounds really ridiculous, but up until I was 20, I don't think I said it much at all. Like, I think I can count on both my hands how many times I had said it. Wow. So whether it's in English or the Romanian version, it doesn't matter. So, so, but I just think it's so cool. He's using it as you know, but but people have a oh, I would like to do that, but 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 right. And instead of saying but, you can say well, fuck it. Yeah, that fuck sounds like but. Richard Branson. Yeah, yeah, like, screw it. Yeah, screw the risks, screw the obstacles, screw all the people who tell us it can't be done. We're doing it. <laughs> And it's it's very helpful to make that. decisions from that because um, what making a decision I don't remember the exact uh, where it comes from I know it's some sort of Latin for cutting off any or any other opportunity right any other mm. thing that's what a, making a decision means and fuck it kind of feels that way it feels like okay we're cutting that out whatever cut that out we're letting that go so I like it yeah I think that's a good description of it Flavia it's very I, fun. And, and having said that, I don't exactly practice this. I mean, for I I don't know when I when I need to let go, I'm more likely to just try to find the softer thoughts that help me release my hold on it. It's I can't say it's very often that this would be my go-to method, but I I am a little interested to experiment with it. So. Yeah, me too. Same same thing here. And and I'm I'm curious. Can you overuse it? Does he mention anything about that in the oh, book? Oh, I wonder. Oh, I wonder. It'll be interesting to see if he addresses that. I wish I would have finished it beforehand, but guess what? <laughs> when I was reading it yesterday, um, oh, and then Melanie said, hey, do you want to go to dinner? I was like, oh, I'm supposed to read this book. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> so convenient. So right, right. there, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah, and so I guess I do practice it, but I had it in hand. It's, this wouldn't be normally something I probably would, I probably would engage if I wasn't reading it over and over and over on every page, but... But, um, I wonder what they do at the seminars with this. I mean, is there a different energy you can bring to this? Like, you can say, fuck it in this way, or fuck it, or what? I mean, like, is it... I know. Like, what I'm are you going to do with that? I, 
in fact, he, he's talking about how, like, famous people started showing up for the retreats, and I was like, I would be so interested to know what is happening in those. Like, did they do anything, or did they even just say fuck it to having an agenda and a schedule? Like, how do you hold a fuck it retreat? Like, what, what exactly is that? Like, breakfast is at 8, or do you just say, screw it, you're on your own for breakfast? I don't know. I, I'm... It, no matter it, what happens, they have a fallback. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Something right. doesn't work. Fuck it. Oh Two my people gosh. didn't show up. Fuck it. <laughs> like a comedy scene. <laughs> Talk about wow. Yeah, taking the pressure off your business plan. Oh, I love it. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, and he seems to be doing really well with it. In fact, this is the revised edition. Ooh. He had yeah. He had a couple of other. He had a couple of, and he's like, people keep buying it. In fact, someone in chat room said he spoke at Hay House. Who was telling us that? I think it was Nancy, but she, I don't know if oh, she's still here. Nancy's not dialed in. Um, yeah, I have, uh, yeah, I listened to him on the Hay House Summit. Oh, tell us more. Really? What, what does he share? Well, Is to it... tell you the truth, I listened to so many of them. Like, I'm not, I didn't listen to every, every one on the, on the summit, but I listened to so many of them, and there were so <laughs> that I didn't spend a whole lot of time for something if it didn't really light me up. And like you, I, just the sound of it, the power of fuck it, I thought, I don't know, you know, like, I, I, where's that going to take me? So I kind of listened to it briefly while, while I was working around, and I I didn't really focus a whole lot on it. Um, So, I'm sorry, I really don't have uh, a whole lot to share that way, but I'm really lit up from your review of the book. Well, you really look at this, I, I was looking, I was reading to see like how many different editions there have been of this. I guess the original copyright's in 07. Um, but he, listen to the dedication. He dedicates it to his boys. Dedicated to Leon and Arco, my boys and my fuck it models on this earth. And in parentheses it says, though don't you dare say that word, boys. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> he has a really he has a quite a sense of humor. In fact, sometimes his sense of humor got a little way a little bit in the way. There were a few stories he told where I was like, um, no, I I really wanted the spiritual message. I'm not just here to be entertained, but it is entertaining. He's he is kind of funny. Well, I think also this bucket is addressing control. Mm. And yes, control is so prevalent everywhere. We want well, to I think things a certain way, control certain things. And so if you say fuck it, it's just it's like saying I'm willing to be more easy about things and I'm well, willing to be more funny, more fun, Bobby, more amusing. I think that's why a lot of a lot of people come to conscious creation because they're looking for greater control in their life. Like um and yet that isn't what serves that isn't what serves us. Like law of attraction isn't best used to make sure that a negative thing never happens to us again. That's and yet I believe a lot of people come because it appeals to them in thinking that they can be in charge of their reality and they never need ever experience contrast again. Yeah, you know but people I mean? misunderstand the difference between being in charge of your reality and being in control of your reality. So mm. it's good point. Well said. It, yeah. oh, you know what? I'm just looking it up on Google. There's some videos. I want to see what the videos are about. Maybe I'll send it to my brother. He's having a very kind of bad day. Um, I talked to him earlier, but uh, fuck it might be really fun to to send him. But look, there's like somebody put the whole freaking book on. Oh, it's did like they the really? It's page of Google. So oh, I'm wow. looking through the book and there looks like some interesting um, 
I bet. Live responds when you say fuck it, fuck it to it. <laughs> it just sounds funny. <laughs> I bet. Keep. I bet someone said, "Dude, your stuff," because I mean it's copyrighted, but there it is online. I bet he said, "Fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> Let him have it. Fuck it. Bet he did. <laughs> um, I took this when I started this book. I took it to uh, the salon. I was getting my hair done um, at a new salon, and um, the, I'll tell you what. That the the t- I could see why this process can be impactful because people could not stop whether it was other customers or other hairstylists they kept coming over saying what are you reading like they couldn't believe it and then i would read something off the back cover and and they'd be like oh my word i totally need to get a copy of that um <laughs> so it definitely got people's attention de- very memorable and, Yo, and did you I, mention anything about that in the book how come he's like because it does get people's attention and it's funny in some ways it's like the grown-up version of the, the kid version when kids go Fuck it! Ooh, has some special magical power. People react. Ooh, you know. It's, yeah, it really does get does. our attention. But why? Why? Why does he call it a spiritual act? For example, you remember from he, the book? he his his entire like first section is dedicated to that. I'm trying to flip through it now, and I'm finding other things that are making me laugh. Um, <laughs> he he calls it a magic mantra, and he's he he's got some stories about where he. Where he landed on this, he calls it this bizarrely beautiful profanity. Um, he says it can inspire an overwhelming sense of freedom when we truly engage it. I, I, I can't put my fingers on it because I didn't have a pen when I was reading these first handful of pages. <laughs> but he's he really is pretty funny. Why saying fuck it is a spiritual act? I, I I'm sorry, I can't get my hands on it right away. Oh, he here's a section where he's talking about why it's better than. Then, or it, he says it also has the added advantage that it doesn't involve any of the following: praying, chanting, meditating, wearing sandals, singing songs to acoustic guitars, developing a belief that you're right and everyone else is wrong, killing people, eating beans. I don't know where that comes from. Wearing orange, stopping yourself doing things that you want to do. Rules, pretending to be happy when you're not, saying amen unless you really want to, and then he closes it with amen. Oh, okay, so why fuck it has such a charge. It can he's, it contains the word fuck. A book like this is controversial simply because it contains the word fuck. Funny, really. First, because the philosophy behind it is is the truly, um, how do you say, in a anarchic thing. He's talking about anarchy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing yeah. it right. Anarchic, anarchic thing. Yeah. Anarchic, yeah. yeah. Okay, anarchic. Not Not the use of the word itself, but mainly because it takes a long time for a word to lose its power. The word fuck is truly beautiful. It's beautiful because it's slang for having sex. Fuck off is really go and have sex, which is not really an insult, more a good suggestion. Fuck you is really sex with you, which is certainly not an insult, more an invitation. Oh, fuck is really, oh, great sex, which in your moment of frustration, it is not a bad thing to be thinking about. But this one word has the power to shock. You can kind of understand why this was the case when the word was rarely used, when it was hardly heard in most circles, but in the 80s and 90s it seeped and flowed into language. It crossed barriers of class, race, and age as the expletive of choice. Its malleability is awesome, so much so that it can be used as any part of speech. And then he has an example of how it's both a verb, an adverb, an adjective, a conjunction, a verb, and on and on. Um, He said, the remarkable thing is that even with this virus-like ability to spread, the word has kept a good deal of its power. Sure, it's now possible to put it on the front cover of a book in a way that wouldn't have been possible 20 years ago, but it's that single word that draws so much attention to this idea. 
Uh, and he, oh, he got a nice, he posted a letter he got from someone who was really mad about his thing. I think it's just disgusting that you've used the F word in the title of your book. It's people like you who are dragging this country down. The letter goes on and on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he replies. That person um, certainly doesn't know how to <laughs> say fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, he writes back, dear Miss Offended. Oh, because she signed off. Offended of of Tunbridge Wells. Dear Miss Offended, you don't know what you're missing. Even though you're 67, I'd say F it and and get yourself F'd smartish. <laughs> he's he, he's not even writing it in in the letter. He's so respectful. But he says it's all about anarchy. Saying fuck it is like sticking two fingers up to the world of meaning, convention, authority, system, uniformity, and order. And this is anarchy. Anarchy literally means without a rule, without a ruler. And anarchists do propose a state free from rulers and leaders. But the wider meaning of anarchy is the absence of any common standard purpose or meaning. And then he talks about how, you know, that's really about freedom. Um, uh, yeah, he, he, did a, he did a really good job in justifying uh, why this rather than just being clever, which I, I actually think it kind of is. When I saw that video, Flavia, I think it's probably the one that you found online. It's super short, right? Like maybe two or three minutes There's maybe? two. There's one that's one minute and something and one that's three minutes and a half. So I don't know why there's two. Yeah, I it I I remember the first time I saw it, I wanted more. I saw that and I was like, but you know, all he said was retreats, but I wanted more. So I was really delighted when I saw there was a book on it. It could be That's my favorite letting go book. And I'm looking yeah. at it and he says thank you to Hay House and all that and he says thank you to everyone who's shared a fuck it week with us. So maybe just you know try it out for a week. You know, have a fucking week. <laughs> I bet I'm sure he's talking about his retreats. Yeah. Right. Uh, how funny. I thought in that Hay House interview, I don't. I, I have a feeling he said that they weren't doing those retreats anymore. Oh well. You know he did say in the book that that the place where they had them, like it required some skills. It was like basically running a hotel, and it wasn't their joy, so they sold it. And then oh, and then I think he said. So we, we started holding our retreats at different places. Like they would go to different countries and go to where, you know, someone else's place and hold the retreat rather than always have it at their own place because they didn't like the whole running a hotel aspect of it. Yeah. But well, but they're also they travelers, you know, so I'm sure that's why he was he was excited to free himself from, you know, being tied to one location and to do it wherever he wanted. I'm curious. Did he mention anywhere in there like a caveat that, you know, if you overuse it, it'll lose its how? You know? That's what I asked. But, yeah. I haven't finished the book, so I don't know if he does, but he yeah. did talk about how you might want to be, like he'll say, he'll have recommended things to how to use it, and he'll say, but some of these things, if you're in a crowded public place, you may want to say it to yourself. Like he's sensitive that other people may not appreciate this, and, and you might want to be sensitive of that too. So, yeah. I, But I don't know about the overusing it. I don't know. Yeah. I love that there's a free copy online. <laughs> That's so cool. It's strange. It's like you're right there on the first page. There's some Google-related, Google Drive-related thing. I, I, I like his style, assuming that he did. What did you enjoy that. about this when you mentioned something about saying it, fuck it to pain, and that was helpful to you? Well, yeah. I mean, I got some new spiritual pain um, that I haven't dealt with. I'm not... I. I Physical pain is not something that I have a lot of experience with. I'm trying to find where that is. So, I uh, until you find, I, I found this cute little section that says our bodies get on with 
on their own business without us. And it's all very good. Imagine if it would be a bummer to wake up in the morning and have to go through a checklist of what to do. Breathing, check. Heart pumping, check. Correct hormones releasing, check. Oxygen mm. to carbon dioxide reaction, two to one, check. pH level, 8.5, check. 20% of cells regenerating, check. It's hilarious. Engaging right side of the brain, check. Release adrenaline to begin worrying about the day, check. <laughs> you that know, really funny. Uh, so here's a cool part where he he's talking about how Oh, people, everything they do to try to get well. He said, some people get so tired and bored with trying everything and spending lots of money and investing so much energy that they simply give up. They say one big fuck it and finally give up wanting to be whole and well and perfect. They're still feeling the pain and discomfort, but they just say fuck it and give in to it. Nothing makes any difference anyway, so why should they go through the added pain of hoping it's going to go away? So they give in fully to their condition. They surrender completely to their pain they give up wanting to be any different from how they are, just as they are now. They probably start eating things they haven't eaten for a while. They may start drinking again. What they certainly do is relax. The one thing you'll always do when you really say fuck it is relax. And you know what happens? Perhaps not straight away, perhaps not for a little while, but they tend to get better. This takes them by surprise because they'd given up needing it, but they get fully better and achieve what they'd always wanted. Only they're genuinely not bothered about their health any longer, so it doesn't matter that much, that much, even though they're suddenly in full health. He says, I'm describing a natural process here, the natural way to say fuck it. But if you're reading these words, there's a good chance you're tired and bored and ready to give up too. So don't, don't say fuck it to cheat the gods, secretly really caring about your health and thinking that it's a darn clever way to get well. But the moment you stop caring so much about your health is the moment things will start to shift. I don't know if I had read this before or after, but I'd had a couple of weeks of pain, and, and this, the pain is to the point now where I have, like, tingling all up and down my left arm. Like, my fingers go numb, and I'm typing, and it's weird because I'm still typing, but I, I can't feel my fingers. And, um, and at first, I was really freaked out about it. I did not appreciate it, and I even stopped working I would because I got relief if I laid down on the floor or if I put my shoulder in a certain position. And I just basically bitched and moaned the whole time. That's all I did. Poor Russ would come home every night. He's like, how was your day? And I was so grumpy and ornery. I did that for like probably two weeks. I was probably on my third week, looking to close my third week of, of bitching and moaning. And, and here I was. I was like working on the computer. And it was because if I, it, it gets worse the longer, the, the longer I'm up, right, the worse it gets. And it was starting to be at that point where it was getting really bad. And I, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get off the computer now. But I really wanted to keep working. I really wanted to. And, and just spontaneously in my head, I had the thought, well, you might be a person who has shoulder pain now. You might want to get over it. And I kept typing like I went back to work. And even though the, all the pain was still there, my, it, I felt better because I wasn't carrying the story anymore of it shouldn't be like this. Like I hope this, this better not be forever. I don't want this to be my future. Instead I was just like, well, you might be a girl who has shoulder pain now. And I went back to work. And it, and and I cut, and I was. It was almost like I was kind of watching myself. I was like, "Oh, look at me go!" And it feels the, the physical pain did not shift, but the, the pain of the story did. Okay, mm-hmm. so then, like a couple of days later, guess what? It started to loosen up. Like I, it would be later on in the day, and I'd be like, "Whoa, it does. If everything feels fine, it feels totally normal right now." And like that would happen again in the next day. So I, 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 we know this. We know how much it doesn't serve us to be attached to results. And we also know that sometimes it's tricky to release that attachment. So I didn't use the words fuck it, but it kind of was that by just saying, well, 
get over it. You might be a girl who has shoulder pain now. It's not like you're never going to write another blog post. So off I went. And um, it, it much like he described, there's, there's no doubt in my mind, we know how it works. I mean, to other people it might be a little mystical, but we understand energy and the connections, why this would make total sense. Yeah, yeah, and and it's, it's the way you put it was very interesting that you said that, you know, the pain didn't stop, but I changed my story. It reminds me of that thing from Abraham that they used to share this example all the time about someone with hip pain, but feeling the difference between having hip pain and feeling fearful and having fear, yeah. hip pain and feeling hopeful is the difference between recovery or not. And yeah. it, that's kind of what it disallowed you to do, so that's pretty cool. It is it is cool. And it's one thing to speak it and to preach it. It's another to experience it. And and like I said, physical pain is not one I have a lot of experience with. So I mean I've worked with the body, but as far as, you know, desires for you know, lower weight or um more energy or whatever, but physical pain is this is new territory for me. So to be able to walk the talk in this department, even though it took me a little while to do it, uh I I'm happy for the experience. How do you like that? I am genuinely happy for the experience and and I really can say right now even though I have a bunch of appointments on the calendar for um people who I think are going to help me resolve this but I'm also doing the the body work of you know listening to the gift from this like what it has for me because I believe there's a benefit here and I don't want to dismiss it by just trying to wish this condition away but I I really feel like um I can. I can still get stuff done, even if my fingers are numb. And 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 I was start. I was thinking about tingling up the arm. Who says that's a bad thing? Maybe it's not normal. It wasn't my old normal. But who says it's a bad thing? In in a way, it's kind of cool. I mean, maybe if I just drop the label of "Ooh, this is wrong. This shouldn't be. This is a bad sign." If instead I could be like, "Wow, my arms tingle. What's that like?" I I, totally. I actually. Yeah, it's most people think you're crazy in the world, I but I think it's cool because you're putting it as community like I've heard them say, you put it in the wanted column. And once you put something <laughs> in the wanted column, it shifts. You it know, does. you're not no longer calling it unwanted, unwanted, unwanted. And so you start actually getting curious and it shifts the energy and it becomes better on its own. And you know, <laughs> you said, "How do you like it?" I like it. I like it a lot. And and just having those appointments sometimes can be enough of a relief to know, yeah, this is this is going to work out. And I have all these appointments. Uh, in fact, I was talking to um, uh, Kate Kate Corbin, and she had had uh, she was experiencing a physical symptom, and she had made an appointment with someone that she believed was going to help her. And before it was like the following week, <laughs> and before she got there, she already had the solution. But she kept the appointment anyway. But just having it, just deciding, and that's why I say fuck it or whatever. It's it's like deciding. And I, I looked up what deciding means. It comes from Latin from desidere, which literally means to cut off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To cut off the you know the the possibility that this is not going to work or this is you decide it's going to work somehow, some way it's going to work, and that's that's enough. You I like even deciding mind. that it's going to be okay. Like deciding I'm going to be fine. You know, this exactly. isn't that big a deal. That's probably a better version. When you're feeling better, you don't need to say fuck it. You can say, I decide it's going to be okay. Exactly. You know, I agree. It's, it's more empowering from that perspective. But when you're not, when you're doubting or worrying or whatever, it might be more fun, more powerful. I think, I think the level of contrast is what might inspire those words, at least for people who experience it like it sounds like a lot of us do. Like, you know, that's, it's eyebrow raising. 
but if we had huge contrast, we might need a huge release mechanism to, you know, to engage. And and I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that is more powerful the less frequently we use it, but I could be wrong about that. It might be interesting to experiment with it. <laughs> like to have someone like on overload with it and see if it loses effectiveness over time. Um uh, well, you, you, I think you can, but you know, you have to bring. The, and this, this is why a lot of these things to me feel like, yeah, that's wonderful. And you know, you can have that in your bag of tricks, but you, it's the energy. It's really not what you say. Mm-hmm. It's not if you mm-hmm. say bucket or, or or something else. You're right. Because again, you can say I decide, and that can be very powerful. I decide that this is no longer an issue for me. And I love that. That's very powerful, but it's the energy that you're bringing, and you're you're deciding. You're you know, like I said, cutting off all other opportunities. You're saying mm-hmm. this is how it mm-hmm. is, and the mm-hmm. universe says yes, it is, and goes to work mm-hmm. to show you how that's true. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the energy you bring. It's whatever causes you to get to that point where you say enough is enough. This is how it's going to be, and you know we're willing to muck about for a long time before deciding, because it's like oh I don't know if I can. I don't know if you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Waffly energy is not powerful. And you know, another thing I can say too about how cool it has been to experience this is I'm meeting some amazing people and it's requiring a focus on myself, like capital, my physical self that is pretty easy for me to ignore in a lot of other ways and you know, no one likes being ignored. So I yeah, huge benefits all around. It's it's I just read to... your post about the dark blue appointments. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so yay, you're prioritizing yourself it's and your so well-being. So. Yeah. In fact, you'd, if you looked at my calendar, you wouldn't even know I had a color coding system. You'd think I just write everything in dark blue. <laughs> or, you know, I, maybe I didn't have that pen handy. It doesn't even look like there's a system. There's so much dark blue there. But, you know, when I saw that, I was like, at, for, at first I forgot they were all for, you know, physical well, they aren't all. There's like lunch with dad and dinner with Melanie and such. But there was um, I, I when I when I looked at it, and I was like, wow, look at all the dark blue. I thought, oh, I'm taking such good care of myself. And then I was like, Jeanette, another person could look at that and be and see it as a reflection of how sick they are. <laughs> but um, it really, it really, I thought. Yeah, I, they wanted to feel bad. Yeah, I thought all my months <laughs> should have more dark blue in them, like. I I kind of feel like I shouldn't wait for my shoulder to give me an excuse to write down things that are just for me. So I don't know. Do I need to manifest another friend? I don't know that I have a friend who could keep up with as much dark blue as I would want to put in the calendar. <laughs> you can create it however you want. You're exactly right. And it doesn't always have to be involve other people, I guess. But I, that's usually what gets written in the appointment because it's like, you know, we agree to meet at a certain time or place. So I've got to make sure I remember all the other stuff, you know, just fit in in the cracks. Huh. Yeah. So, okay, I've been talking a lot. Does anyone got anything they wanted to bring to our call today? I've got a hot date with Nancy next, I believe. Nancy, are you able to talk, or can I stay on this call? We're brainstorming about what our LOA Biz powwow call wants to be when it grows up. <laughs> grows up. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Alrighty, well, if no one has no one has anything else, then I guess I will hit the pause button until we get to gather again for our next call. Let's see. Um, 
What are we doing? Oh, we have one on Wednesday with Janet. No, that's not Janet. Oh, Wednesday, that's me. That's our round table. Oh, yeah, on our belief. Oh, my gosh. Have I been having some fun with that one? That'll be good. And then two weeks from today, we do our water cooler call. So if anyone has any suggestions for other calls you'd like to see on the calendar, let me know because I am happy to. We've got a lot of new members. So if if there was something you were hoping for, let me know because I would be delighted to book it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.